So greetings from the Forest Refuge on a, uh, a cool, bright, breezy morning here. So this morning, um, wanting to offer some reflections and then a guided meditation um, with the intention to be offering some support, encouragement to you in your practice. Hoping you are finding uh, sources of support online and and in other ways. So I just want to share initially a few reflections which are some ways kind of about our practice more generally or you could say when you kind of take a step back and look or consider the overall process. Um, so helpful, I find it helpful to do that sometimes. Um, so I hope there might be something helpful here uh, for you to again support your practice. So a way I like to think about sort of formal practice, mental training as a, a there's a, a developing of a, a holding field of wholesome factors, which is a phrase from Ajahn Suchito's teaching. It's very resonant for me. So a sort of sense of how do we hold practice, how do we see our practice, you know, what do we think we're doing? <laughs> not not to think endlessly about it, but just, yeah, again, a sense of, oh, okay, that, for me, can I can touch into that sometimes when I get confused and say, yeah, that, that feels like a helpful way of seeing, you know, that sort of very basic intention, we could say, when we sit down, when we, Uh, shift into that really intentional space or mode of cultivation. So, again, I don't know what it might be different for you, but it may be really helpful at times at the beginning of a practice period or walking or sitting or... Yeah, what that sense of, okay developing intention to develop a, a holding field of wholesome factors. Or some other way that you might, uh, you know, many, many, many possibilities. Maybe it could be different each day or each time you say, okay, today I'm getting on the climbing frame, I'm going to swing around a bit. <laughs> you know, today... 
Now I'm in the laboratory and I'm going to, you know, fiddle around with a few test tubes and see what happens, make some experiments. And again, probably according to our temperament and our sort of psychological makeup, you know, maybe one of those images feels more resonant or, you know, maybe we're drawn one way because actually it feels more um, unfamiliar and, and in that way appealing, you know, not my usual way of seeing practice. So, hmm, but actually there's some interest there, yeah. So helpful to to work in harmony with our tendencies and our preferences and our sort of natural, you could say natural style or styles of practice, which again, of course, evolve over time and through our uh, practice. And a sense of being in harmony with that, but also at times we, we stretch and maybe, you know, uh, allow ourselves to try and approach it feels a little more hmm, um, different or yeah even uncomfortable maybe that's okay and I was thinking you know over the long years of practice or the short years whichever way it sometimes feels like one and sometimes the other all the different people, teachers I've sat with and trained with and different approaches, that was very much um, part of how things evolved for me and how such a richness of different techniques and approaches and how, you know, perhaps for, for many of you who, when you've been practicing a long time, there's a sense of a strange kind of ongoing alchemy or exploration or integration um, all these different um, maybe qualities factors insights approaches a kind of combine in a very idiosyncratic way sometimes I, I think yeah if you could take a sort of Dharma photograph of everybody's psyche or maybe one of those like a or like a video of the process, it would in some ways look the same for all of us and in some ways very different. Yeah. So there's this kind of, oh, yeah, recognizable and also, yeah, very, very, very different in, in certain ways. And that I was reflecting, you know, this week actually sitting, um, doing a lot of walking practice as well, very helpful. But in sitting, I was sort of reflecting, what, you know, what am I doing, actually? <laughs> um, and that led me onto a reflection on how helpful it is to have different modes of practice. And I mean, this could be a whole talk, but I just want to mention a couple right now that I feel like it's really helpful to, to recognize and, and then be able to shift between rather than feel like we're fixed, you know, one way or, you know, and the other way is wrong or something like that. So the sense of the benefits and the limitations of any approach. Um, so the first sort of either, call it a dichotomy or maybe it's a continuum or they're not so separate but somehow it feels helpful to 
maybe it's like looking at practice from from different angles that we we can have time when we're practicing and we're very much focusing in a way on being supported by another right so the voice of another is one of the ways to nibbana one of the say factors of of liberation of hearing the, the good dhamma through the voice of another and you know if i look at my own practice life and process how crucial this has been different voices for me at different times the voice of another and that sense of sometimes just allowing that voice to be a guide an anchor a reference yeah to to steady our process and our reflection around and then the importance of times of you might say self-supported you know more um sense of there you are you know on your own on your cushion i mean on one level of course never alone but it's like okay nobody's speaking to you <laughs> yes oh right uh yeah okay um so self-guiding and uh wise attention it's like sitting there and just being present and in whatever way we're practicing it's like okay how on earth what, what should we do with all this <laughs> and uh, i don't know about you but um at the moment a kind of way of I'm practicing quite a bit of the time in sitting is to just sit there, sit down, stay there, two most important parts possibly. Sit and stay. And then st- um intention to be present with just what's what's happening. Right? Opening to that. that's it <laughs> so and then and then you know maybe after a while like something things begin to clear or settle in some way and and there's some sense of just that's the process that's the cultivation for for a while you know maybe then at some point you know we bring in like some more focused or directed form of practice so this this very much links with my second sort of dichotomy which is i'm calling structure based or process based so again i think temperamentally some of us are very uh strongly oriented towards structure and so that will be highlighted and made more primary and the process sort of happens in and around that um or we're more process based and for us it is more helpful to you know again open to a process with a more simple we could say basic intention to be aware to be interested and then any structure any direction really emerges from that yeah so i don't know if this makes sense to you i've 
found this helpful to, to sort of also value a more structured approach at times, even in sort of one particular meditation, like maybe what we'll do later, where we sort of allow, we give ourselves to a sort of structured, um, you know, step-by-step sort of, sort of thing, and, and it's helpful. And then other times, again, where we sit, as I was describing, and we just open to how it is, and, and that's our, that's our um, primary um, sort of practice intention. So, so a lot of sensitivity, you know, and I hope for all of you that you're finding, you know, um, ways of practicing and continuing, you know, with what you're tried and tested, you know. Yeah, more power to that. Um, and maybe it's both and sort of allowing perhaps um, some flexibility, creativity. You know, we can try some different ways and be listen to different voices. And then recently I was listening to the voice of a teacher I um, listened to for years and I was like, oh, that was helpful, you know, <laughs> different voice, different angle on things. Mm. And always, always keeping in touch with that, I guess it's wise attention really, what's, what's helpful right now? What's needed right now? And that, yeah, in the service of mm, developing the art of wise attention. So, so I hope some of that was helpful. Um, so, now I'd like to introduce the guided meditation I'd like, I'd like to offer today. And again, as one, one way, one approach that we can draw on. And it's actually uh, the first half of a big mind meditation from Joseph Goldstein, which I sometimes offer here. Today I'm not going to offer the whole thing, I'm going to offer half of it and I'm going to actually change a bit. So that's very daring of me, isn't it? <laughs> we'll see. Again. Um, so so um, in, in bringing this today, um, I would like to, to just highlight that skill of mind or skill of meditation or cultivation, which is the skill of um, finding... Um, tuning into or developing a sense of spaciousness the space space of mind the spaciousness of awareness the spaciousness of heart and this meditation that I'm going to share a slight variation on I think is a really helpful way and we can then maybe if, if we want to take that one and develop it in our own way, or just even without doing the whole meditation and taking that up as a, you know, as a practice, just letting it, you know, right now as you're listening, just even thinking about contemplating space, <laughs> feel a bit more spacious. 
Now letting that reflection just point in a way to that aspect of mind that is always here, right? It's always in that codependent arising. You attend, you reflect, and then, ah, there's the magic of mind. Spaciousness appears or it begins to to sort of be a created, helpful creation but still, yeah, conditioned and not to be, not to be clung to. Um, but again, a skillful means. And I just, for those of you who are interested, I would refer you to the Sutta, the early discourses of the Buddha in the Majjhima Nikaya, the middle length sayings, number 62, where the Buddha is, gives a curriculum to Rahula, the monk who is the Buddha's son, And it's a very lovely short sutta of very specific teachings offered by the Buddha to Rahula at that time. A range of different ways of exercising the mind and the heart and developing different kinds of strength and flexibility. And this, what I'm going to read you... um, the one, the part relevant to the meditation that follows. So the Buddha speaking to Rahula. Develop meditation that is like space. For when you develop meditation that is like space, arisen agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. Just as space is not established anywhere, so too Rahula Develop meditation that is like space. For when you develop meditation that is like space, arisen, agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. So, um, just before I begin, um, I have changed one word. Again, if you want the original, go to Joseph's Talks on Dharma Seed and you can, you know, hear it from the horse's mouth on the original. But I've, I've again, in the spirit of um, experimenting and, mm, yeah, I have changed the word mind just for today to the word heart. And I've been again playing a bit with this this week and I've been very struck actually that for me this has felt very helpful and it may not for you so hope you can bear with me and feel free to to hear mind when I say heart Um, and of course this refers to the Pali word the language close to the language of the Buddha of citta c-i-t-t-a this word just one of the many untranslatable or very difficult to translate words. It refers to heart-mind. It's the not the thinking mind. So that has another word, manno. And I think that's part of why I find it helpful to use the word heart is because when I hear the word mind, it's like it's got such a strong connection with my head. It's like my energy and attention goes up to my head, and especially my eyes and my head. And 
either those words or if the word's not there, I just feel like the meditation is like my head gets really, really big, which is quite nice. Um, but when I use the word heart, it just feels more holistic, more inclusive somehow of the whole being, the embodiment and the, and the, the heart, the sensitive, the sensitivity of the heart. Mm. So anyway, for you to see, see how that is for you. Um, so I will read now the first half and leave silences, silent gaps along the way and then you'll know it's finished. I'll leave a little bit of silence and then ring the bell. So may it be of benefit. I just also want to say that there is, it's doing this sitting, you know, sitting still is great and then you also can do a, a version of this walking. You, you can very, very much adapt it to the walking meditation. So, and um, just wish you well. Um, may our practice uh, deepen and strengthen and be a support to us and to all beings everywhere. So, yeah, from now until the bell rings, um, we'll go into a slightly adapted version of the, the Big Mind Meditation. So sit comfortably, as comfortably as possible. Settling into the awareness of body, just sitting. And letting the mind open to the awareness of sound. Not looking for any particular sound. And simply sitting at ease. Sitting in the silence. Becoming aware of whatever sounds may appear in this open, empty space of the heart.
there may be loud, distinct sounds. There may be soft background sounds. The sound of my voice. Perhaps the sound of silence. Simply sitting at ease. Aware of how all these sounds, distinct or indistinct, arise, appear and change and vanish in the open, empty sky of the heart. There is nothing to do, nothing to be, nothing to have. It's all happening by itself. Letting the eyes relax. Letting the shoulders relax. Letting the belly relax. Sitting quite at ease, simply aware of whatever sounds appear and change and disappear in the open, empty space of the heart.
Letting the heart rest at ease. Simply being aware whenever sound should become apparent. Rising and passing in the open space of awareness. You may also become aware of different sensations appearing, points of feeling like stars in the night sky appearing and changing in the open space of the heart. There is no solid body, no head or shoulders, no back or chest, no arms or legs, only points of sensation, points of feeling, appearing and changing in the open space of the heart. There is no inside, no outside, no boundaries, no separation, only sounds, sensations, 
appearing and changing in the open, empty space of awareness. There is no solid body, no head, no shoulders, no arms or hands, no back, no chest, no legs, no feet, only points of sensation, points of feeling, like stars in the night sky, appearing and changing and disappearing in the open space of the heart. Be aware of thoughts and images like clouds in the sky appearing and dissolving in the open space of heart.
There is no inside, no outside, no boundaries, no separation. Only sounds, sensations, thoughts and images appearing and dissolving in the open sky of the heart. There is nothing to do, nothing to be, nothing to have. Simply aware of sounds and sensations, thoughts and images, all appearing and disappearing by themselves in the open emptiness of heart.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.